0: G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA and Western Tourist Radio in the southwest of Western Australia. My next guest is an elder and custodian of the Wadandi Pibbleman people, Sandra Hill at Bailing Up. day, Sandra. Hi, Barry. <laughs> I'm sitting with you today in the old packing shed at Bailing Up on the southwest highway or the harvest highway where you're putting together a display of Aboriginal history of the region. Tell us a bit about that.
1: A friend of mine, or at the time she was an acquaintance, she suggested that, oh, there should be something Aboriginal in the town. Um, I wonder if we could use the packing shed to do an Aboriginal display. And um, it tweaked my interest, and we kind of kept working at it. I I wanted something that showed the people we were before colonization because people really don't understand our culture and how it used to be how rich it was the way we we were as a as a community our laws our the six seasons the tool making the just living on this land and, um, uh, and the peacefulness of our people.
0: I think that's very relevant. Uh, this is being recorded on the 17th of January in 2022. And in the, about three weeks' time, the borders are going to reopen. So we'll be uh, in a very different situation. We don't know quite where that's all going to go. But your people have been here for tens of thousands of years. So I guess in a way you could say you've seen it all before.
1: We have. It's been, it's been a really long journey. I've spent pretty much most of my life trying to, fighting back to come back to my culture. So this is extra special for me and I just feel as though people want it and need it at this point in time. There's more tourists coming down. There's more people that are asking about our culture, want to know about our culture. Um, we're still practising our culture Uh, people just don't realise it and this maybe will show them um, how important it is to us and how we do continue to practice our cultural ways.
0: So you're doing this exhibition but you've been an artist for many years and you have work in both the WA Gallery and the National Gallery. Tell us a bit about that.
1: I've been a professional artist since um, 1994 and pretty much been doing, just lived off my art Uh, through that time I've also had a stint at um, Curtin University where I was director of the Aboriginal Art Program from 1999 to 2005 and then pretty much I I left the city and became a country girl first in um, Highbury I lived on 200 acres in Highbury on my own um, because I just was pretty much burnt out after the Curtin experience and from uh, Highbury I came to up, and this is kind of m- on my dad's home country so I'm on my country here which feels really great.
0: So your ancestry, tell us a bit about that.
1: My mother was, um, she's a Bibbulmun yoga and a, a, a what people refer to as a Noongar but Noongars are native men so we call ourselves Bibbulmun people uh, Mum is um, Belladong, Wilman and Nyunga. Her mother was from Esperance, and um, uh, she was born at Three Springs. Her her father is a um, a Belladong man, and on Dad's side, he's uh, the Hill family was started on Wadani country, over in Busselton and um, then his his mother was a um, woman from, his grandmother on his mother's side was a, a woman from uh, Menang country, from down uh, Walpole, Denmark. So, yeah, we've I've got a, a mixed bag. I'm multicultural. <laughs> also, my grandmother was Lila May Hester, Gerald Hester and Rose Mills, my great-grandmother, the Denmark woman. Her mother was called Topsy. Anyway, uh, Lila was my dad's mum, she was um, the daughter of Gerald Hester, who is the youngest son of Edward Hester, who really um, was one of the first pioneers here uh, at Bridgetown. Uh, she was born, Nana Lila was born between Bridgetown and Bailing Up, um, and Grandmother Rose Mills was born, Topsy gave birth to her, on the Blackwood River, on the Gorebilly Up, the, the Blackwood River.
0: And you have uh, images in your display of your ancestors very well-dressed by European standards, you might say?
1: Yes, yeah. Um, Pop Charlie, Charlie Hill also, he used to be called King Billy through this this way. They could read and write, as could my dad. And my grandmother, Elizabeth Hill, lived in Bridgetown, uh, Carradale, Busselton, Carradale, Bridgetown... Uh, and passed away at 97 years old in Manjumup and is buried there alongside my grandfather, Henry Hill. And Charlie Hill Jr. was a um, a pastor and he would um, go around and marry the all the Nyungar people because the white pastors wouldn't marry them. The white priests wouldn't marry Aboriginal people together um, because of the 1905 Aborigines Act. So he went around and married them and gave them that legal status uh, and he was well known here. He's buried in Bunbury but he walked through here, uh, went through here with his horse and cart and his family all the time.
0: So anybody driving down the Harvest Highway and stopping and bailing up for a coffee or for a few nights accommodation, they visit the old packing shed in the main street where there's a great coffee shop and a historical display of uh, European history here, can also visit your display tell us a bit about what they'll see in terms of the uh, your display
1: Well as they walk in the door they'll get a welcome to country on the wall and then they, there are maps that um, uh, will show who we are, um, all the 14 different language groups that are in the southwest. we all have different dialects as well, we speak different language, similar but different in in a lot of ways and then uh you'll see p- uh, pre-colonization and that is aboriginal people in in aboriginal dress in their bookers and um and doing cr- you know carrying out corrobories and things like that and then it'll go on to the tools and the uh like the the um dilly bags and this the skin bags that we used to carry uh it also goes on to um traditional fishing practices with uh, river and estuarine fish traps and stone fish traps like the ones down in Albany. And there are images throughout and um, uh, all of the tools, the kylies, which are the boomerangs, and the, the wonas, which are the digging sticks and, and things like that. And interspersed through all this is is my artwork, just to so that it's just not... Um, reading all the way along really and then uh, they'll come to the six seasons and there's a there's a, a panel there explaining the six seasons and there's six images of each of those seasons that uh, are my artworks which explain what happens in those seasons and it, it that's what guides us into understanding what we're supposed to be doing on country, what's happening on country. Like for example when the um, cocky... Um, the red cocky flowers um, come out. Uh, the whales are moving up north. Things like that. When the when the oneang um, uh, tree or the peppermint tree drops its leaves, that that's an indicator of other things. You know. Um, and, and we, we worked for that for over 60,000 years. That was our guide to country, to look after country, to tell us not to take eggs, not to take animals, not to take certain foods at that time. Uh, and it also, like we moved from the coast back inland um, in the cold times, in the windy and chilly times and wet times, um, to stay safe and, and warmer and um, And our traditional fire practices were all carried out in uh, not in spring and not in summer. It was done in um, April and May. Uh, we put fire to country in those times this'll explain it all then there 's a panel with um, all the bush foods and bush tuckers uh, with their traditional names i know i 've also included um, place names in um, for example, the ups and the ins and the ings because place of is up and uh, like bailing up is to climb so this is the place to climb up doesn't mean water (laughs) people think that up or in or ing means place of water it's not we were not silly we only can't near water so when the white fellas came um, they thought oh this must be the place of water because there's water here, well you know we needed water <laughs> we we utilised it to to its full potential so um, uh, and it'll explain that on the panels and it gives you all the local names through here and I can add to that as I go along but um, like Kira up place of summer flies you know um up place of seaweeds smell or smelly place mm-hmm. um uh, busselton underlap dunsborough quidjumup place of white bone Talonup, augusta place of the talen the the, the reed they're, they're all here and people can learn they can, you can take photos of these things and take them away with you so you can teach your kids and it's very much an educational thing and and i hope people will take photos and take it back with them and um and, and share it with their families and other people.
0: That's really interesting on a two counts there. I think COVID's made people realise the importance of connection to nature and that's how much that we've taken for granted. But also the fact that you're inviting people to take pictures and share it. And that's what the essence of this thing's about. It's about sharing information, not controlling information.
1: It is, because up, up on the wall I've actually got a, a diagram of a booker uh, which is our kangaroo skin cloak, and and I've kept it close to me for oh a long, long time. <laughs> Probably oh I was on the West Australian um, Aboriginal uh, Advisory Committee for the West for the museum for five years, and and I I got that um, pattern, that design at that time given to me and I've kind of protected it and kept it close to me but, you know, I'm, I'm 70 years old I'm not going to be here forever and I can't keep this to myself I need to share this while I can I've been doing this for 40, 45 years I've been, I've been harvesting this knowledge and this information and... Um, and i need to share it so that it's still out there and other yungas other bibblemen people can can um, take that pattern away with them and say look i can make a proper buka i can make our 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 clothes our, our skin cloak and And that's important to me you know and and to see how the fish traps worked and learn how they how they made them and how they um the the community fishing things like that you know we we need to share this knowledge not just with Wadjula people but with with Aboriginal people as well, otherwise it's going to be uh, once I 'm gone, this has gone with me um, and my My kids are learning uh but there's not enough time really. For everything that I've learnt over the last 45 years, and and my my um, comrade elders and cultural custodians, um, you know we we need to get it out there as quick as possible, and we we always feel like we're running out of time. So we need to have um, a session this on to to others um, uh, other uh, generations.
0: I think that's really important, Sandra, and I think your culture has been passed down through storytelling. Sometimes it seems in our culture the storytelling's been taken over by the advertising executives of the major corporations and what I'm endeavouring to do with our tourist radio network is to provide a storytelling medium for community and small business. I'm talking to Sandra Hill in Bailing Up. Sandra's an elder of the Wadandi Pibbleman people about the exhibition at the old packing shed in Bailing Up on the Harvest Highway. The displays are about pre-colonisation... The the six seasons, and then there's information about your own family
1: from post-colonisation. The 1905 Aborigines Act of Western Australia came in to force, and um, that pretty much changed everything. And you people don't understand the massive shift from what they've just seen to what they see from that point on, from the post-colonisation point. And um, uh, it's a story told in um, Native Welfare documents that are my family's. They they belong to my family. They're my mother's documents. Uh, My mother was taken in 1933 with her oldest sister and between 1933 and 1956, every one of her brothers and sisters were taken from... Um, my grandmother and grandfather Um, I didn't get to know them so it it made me very sad and then in 1958 I was taken from my mum with my two sisters and my little brother and um, I've had to come back from that I've had to fight my way back from not knowing anything about my culture to learning and, and seeking it out and grabbing as much as I can while I can but the the documents are very poignant, very sad and it gives people um, a first-hand understanding of the human grief and trauma because you can't really avoid what these documents are saying and I think it's really good for people who think that the stolen generation was all for our own good. It wasn't for our own good. Uh, there was no good came from being taken away from your loved ones and your community and your culture and your family and um, I think it's the most important part of the the display is the stolen generation stuff the um, those documents because what it does is make you understand how disrupted and how absolutely traumatizing the removal from country and culture was once you've seen how it used to be for us, how our communities were and um, and the peace and harmony we lived in and then the trauma and the degradation, the humiliation of what what was to come. And then it ends with uh, what we're doing. I, I belong to a group called the Underlap Association and we are all about sharing culture. That's our, That's our... Um, our mission statement is to share our culture with as many people as we can uh, it's we're a non-for-profit organization and it's not all about culture getting it to our young people saving our young kids from going on the wrong road and and starting to embrace and respect and want their culture back and um um, the referendum is a part of this exhibition as well—the 1967 referendum. Um, so you'll see the whole Aboriginal, the whole, yep, the whole train, trainload of information that from pre-colonisation to post-colonisation to 1905 Aborigines Act to the referendum and to now where we're still out there practising our culture, doing traditional burning, where um, we're, uh, we're, we're getting information across to organisations and departments and uh, doing the best we can to share our culture so people understand who we are still. We're not gone, we're not missing in action... We are still here and we still love our culture, we're still on our country and that's how it's going to be forever because now our children are starting to embrace it as well. And um, uh, I think it's important for everyone to know that we, we didn't fade away and we didn't die out, we're still here, we're still going strong and we want to share our culture with all of you, all of our white brothers and sisters out there. So that's the important pit, is the sharing of our culture and all we want you to do is come and ask for it and we'll give it to you
0: (laughs) that's fantastic Sandra and in another life I'm involved in organic or regenerative agriculture and I like to think that tourism that is educating people like this is regenerative tourism
1: yeah yeah Um, well we, we just want to look after our country. Um, we've been doing it for a long, long time, and it's got a lot... It's got messed up, and uh, 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 regenerative tourism is very much like regenerative culture because we're we're coming back we're bringing it back and and we're fierce about it you know we're we're not going to sit back and say no we'll just let it go in the next generation one or two generations it'll be gone no we're fighting back and um we need your help to do it we we well we need your support to be able to do it we we don't need your help so much but your support and and if you embrace it other people will embrace it and that will, that will make us feel prouder and make us feel stronger and then we'll say, our kids will be saying, oh, look, these people like Aboriginal people, they like our culture. Oh, God, I'm glad I'm Aboriginal. It's, it's all about self-esteem and, you know, we've been kicked down so much, we just need to keep standing, you know. that Nobody can kick us down anymore but we, we just want to be able to stand strong and be accepted as Australian, in, in the Australian community. Um, we, we are, we're Australians. We live here. We've been here for so long and we're kind of tired of being pushed aside and, and neglected and um, made to think that we're not important. We, we still believe we're, we're extremely important in this country because this is our country and uh, we know how to look after it.
0: I'm sure you're right. And, of course, the opposite of regenerative, anything is degenerative. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think certain times certainly are changing. When I was a young bloke, before that, you know, people would cover up their convict history and then it became fashionable to be, have some convict history. And I think now it's getting to the point where it's almost becoming fashionable to find some Aboriginal uh, heritage.
1: Yeah, well, it, it seems to be going that way. And, and you know, kudos to the people who... Who embrace their aboriginality it 's a double edged sword because some people embrace it genuinely and authentically, and other people just use it for their own wants and needs and that that 's when we start to you know become very very um, uh, concerned and 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 very sad because we're, our culture is not a business our culture is a is a lifestyle and it's um it, it's it's our heritage and and um if you want if you want to be aboriginal and you have that heritage in your family tree which i think a lot of Wadula people do you know it's there's an old saying shake any australian a, um, white family and a, and a shake it long enough and an Aboriginal person will fall out of it, <laughs> and I and I think because there were no women here, there were no white women here when the colonisers came, so Aboriginal women were taken as as concubines. If you're going to embrace your Aboriginality, embrace it with all your heart and your spirit, and and. and you know then we can we can advise you and guide you and help you and we know I know that because a lot of people well quite a number of people have come to me and um and and told me I'm looking for my family and I'm happy to help them because they're actually looking they're not it's just not a um a passing thing with them They're, they're very passionate about it and um and we're there to help as much as we can so yeah please feel free to do so
0: Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today, Sandra, and I wish you all the best with this exhibition and look forward to talking to you again in the future.
1: Thank you, Barry.
0: I've been talking to Sandra Hill, an elder of the Wadandi Pibbolan people in Bailing Up, on conversations as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia. To hear this conversation and conversations with other innovative West Australians, go to touristradio.com.au forward slash conversations.